Welcome. Well, you're at home with Jim and Joy, and you are an important part of our EWTN family. And we are delighted that you have welcomed us into your home. We're so glad to be with you. We would love to hear from you also. So send us an email with a question or a comment to jimandjoy at EWTN.com. I'm excited about our guest today. It's a clarion call to us all, Dr. Michael Horn. Dr. Horn is a clinical psychologist who has specialized in child therapy. He has written wonderfully helpful book on implementing strategies for managing technology use in a family and a home environment. In this great book, if you have children, you have grandchildren, I highly recommend it. Yeah. It's called The Tech Talk. Strategies for Families in a Digital World, and this great book is available at EWTNRC.com. And it's just like one day phones appeared and, and everybody was in phones, on phones, smartphones. smartphones. It was like everything. And I can remember really repelling getting a cell phone. And yeah. it was my girlfriend, Barbara, who was just like, you need to have a cell phone. I need to know where you are. We could talk. And it was one of those <laughs> flip phones, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I was, I was like I needed to have a funeral service for when that flip phone died. I really liked bring it. bring in the Mac <laughs> Yeah, but, you, you know, and so it came into our world. Were we ready? Were we ready as yeah. um, in businesses? I can remember you had that. I don't even know what you call what? that phone. You know, where it had the little screen on it and yeah. all the buttons. Okay. You well, know it. Uh, anyway, and it was like uh, an intrusion into a relationship. It was yeah. like the phone was always there. Yeah. How do we navigate that in your marriage? How do you navigate that in your family? And now it seems like everybody has to have a yeah. phone. So we're going to have doctor's going to give us the talk. Yes. <laughs> okay? And we all need to have the talk. And we, we just can't say, I don't have a clue. You need to get a clue. Mm. If you're a parent, grandparent, you need to get a clue about the good things of social media and being online and the dangerous things about it. And uh, you can really do this. And you're the most important person to do this with your children, to share with them the beauty of the human person and are they getting it where they're going to. Mm. So we'll be right back. Plenty more to come. Don't go away. Welcome back. Well, you're at home with Jim and Joy, and today our guest is Dr. Michael Horn. Now, Dr. Horn is a clinical psychologist who has specialized in child therapy, and he's written a great book, Implementing Strategies for Managing Technology. Have you even thought about that, or you just took the tsunami of technology into your world? The great book is called The Tech the Talk. Great. Strategies for Families in a Digital World, and this beautiful book 
is available at EWTNRC.com. You're off to a good start because it was called The Great Book. My wife was <laughs> That's good. The problem is, is that I think so many of us were ill-prepared. Sure. In the church, out of the church, and we just kind of, we just all got caught up in the tsunami mm -hmm. and was just like, you had to have a computer, you had to have this, yeah. you had to have, and we were like, yeah, we've got to have it, we've got to have it. So before we go all there, Tell our family a little bit about yourself and your beautiful family. Sure. My name is Dr. Michael Horn. I am from Fredericksburg, Virginia, where my wife and I live with our four kids. I'm the Director of Clinical Services for Catholic Charities in the Diocese of Arlington, yeah. and I also have a small private practice. So. Love my work, love to serve. Mm -hmm. Love to have you here. Yes. Arlington is just an incredible diocese. Mm -hmm. It just seems I'm always finding on social media, other places, great mm -hmm. things that are happening there. So it's great, great to have you. Well, Doc, why don't you give us kind of the landscape picture, sure. you know, when we're saying social media and being online and some of us are literate in that area, some of us aren't. And what I get from your book is, you know, we just can't claim like ignorance. If we have children, we have like, we gotta get, in the game. So what are we looking at in this area now? It's a great question. Social media and technology really is everywhere. And I think to fully understand its impact, we need to understand how affected children are just by the things around us. I was aware of this, but it really hit home when my 14-year-old son, who at the time was two, he and I were having a, a pretend picnic with his stuffed animals. Mm -hmm. And he picked up a, a wooden banana and he held it up to his head and he said, hi, daddy. And I thought, okay, he's playing banana phone. Sure, why not? <laughs> so I put my thumb and forefinger up and I say, hi, son, are you, are you having a, a good time? And he said, yes. And then he pointed the banana at me and said, click. I said, what did you do? He said, I took your picture. Hold on. He starts swiping his finger across the curve of the banana and he says, I will send it to you. We didn't have a smartphone at the time. Mm. As far as my wife and I could tell, my son had seen a smartphone once for about five minutes. Mm -hmm. But just from that exposure, he had learned that a phone isn't just a phone. It's a camera and you can send things to people. So we have to be aware of what kids are exposed to because what they see around them, they will assume is normal. How sensitive are they to the technology? How sensitive? Extremely sensitive. Sensitive in the same way that if you ask a kid to describe technology, you may as well ask a fish to describe water. Mm -hmm. It's all around them. It's part of the fabric of their life. And to your point earlier, we have to be aware of how involved it is in our family so we can have conversations to make, place, make sure the place that it holds in our family is one that we are comfortable with, that we are actively setting a limit rather than passively finding ourselves overwhelmed by the tsunami of it's technology. It's amazing that your son got all of that and was acting it mm -hmm. out. Part of it may be your genetics. It's not might be any normal sure. kind of, you know. But um, I do find that, and how often do we ask our children help us with technology. Yeah. No, they just seem to pick it up faster for some reason. They really do. No, they are absolutely, they are better at all of this stuff than any of us. And that's one of the reasons it's important to have conversations with them rather than try to outsmart them. It's the same way that passwords, blocking software isn't really effective because our kids know our passwords. Mm -hmm. They can get around all those. Unless we work for the NSA, our kids are gonna be able to break mm -hmm. any of the blocking software we have. So it's more important to sit down and talk with them and say, what are you looking for? What are you hoping to do with the device, with the software, with the platform? So it becomes a family-wide conversation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I can remember mm -hmm. our son, Wes, 
they had his little son James with him, and he, um, James had asked him a question, and mm -hmm. Wes was on his phone. He was looking at him, and Wes, you know, answered the question, mm -hmm. and James said, "No, Dad, tell me that answer. I want to see your face." Yeah. Wow. And Wes just went, what did he just say? So Wes mm -hmm. put the phone down. Yeah. And, but, it, but it was a wake-up call. Yeah. And um, he realized, you know, I'm having a conversation with my kid, but I'm on the phone. Right, right. I'm in another world, but I'm really not present with you, am I? No, not at all. And when the technology starts to mediate our, our interactions, that's when we have a problem. Now, that's not to say that technology is universally bad. Right. I think that technology can be used really well. A great example, um, my brother, I'm very close with, and he lived in Japan mm -hmm. for about five years, including during the pandemic. Obviously, we weren't mm -hmm. going to get a chance to see oh. each other. So we would have uh, regular video conference time where we could actually That's spend great. time together. Uh, we would actually play board games over the computer. Mm -hmm. He would set up the same board game I would, and we would play that mm -hmm. way. Both of our wives are very patient women, which mm -hmm. I'm very grateful for. <laughs> but he was able to go ahead and continue to grow the relationship with our kids. We were able to get to know our nephew through that. But in those cases, the technology, it's a bridge. Mm -hmm. It's a bridge to get us to the times that we can be together again. The technology has to be the steward of a relationship rather than the source of a relationship. Mm -hmm. that's, that's very well said. Mm -hmm. uh, I want to go back a little bit to that landscape mm -hmm. again of what's going on. and I. I thought I had the information, but it was like incredible, and I'm yeah. sure that I got the ages right, but it was like, you know, kids like 13 through 17, you know, it was something like, you know, 90%, 85% are on social media, mm -hmm. they're on, you know, line. Uh, as you said, that could be positive or not positive, mm -hmm. and I'm afraid in many cases it's not that positive. Sure. Um, and then, then they were like statistics, they're beginning at eight years old. Mm -hmm. And they would, they were right, how many kids from eight to 12 are on? It was like 30% or something. I mean, should we be eight years old and be on this? Like, what are mm -hmm. we, what, what are we doing here? But w what are you seeing in terms of right. the amount of young people that are on? Is that right? About 90%? It is. And Jim, it's younger than that. There are apps designed for children under 18 months of age. What? Wait, wait. There mm -hmm. are apps available that are designed for okay. children under right. 18 months of age. I hope they're all creative good things. They uh, are creative. But even should they be doing that? But, I mean, but their eyes and their brains aren't physiologically developed enough yet to handle that sort of exposure to screens. Mm -hmm. So we need to be aware that just because something's out there doesn't mean it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. And it's not just the age kids are using the devices, it's how much time they're spending. So in this country, we spend an average of two and a half hours a day on social media. Mm -hmm. That's not not all screens. That's not watching TV, playing video games. That's just social media, two and a half hours. Mm -hmm. So if a 10-year-old started today on social media, they would end up spending about three and a half million minutes of time on social media in their life. Mm -hmm. That's six years and eight months of their life. Wow. Now compare that to what research is showing the amount of time is that kids spend face-to-face -face in social interactions. It's less than two years. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about a kid spending nearly three and a half more times on social media than interacting with friends over the course of their life. Mm -hmm. Or mm -hmm. family or, or parents. Or family or friends, yeah. Right, and so I, I think the, the, the biggest negative of it is that parents use it, and I've seen it in so many situations, as a babysitter. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I'm well, she has this little iPad thing, it's just cute, blah, blah, blah. It only has all Christian things, mm -hmm. and, uh, whatever. And, but, but she's locked in. Yeah. 
or he's locked in. And then when the parent goes to try to take it away from them, I'm talking about a severe meltdown. Yep. And we're talking really younger kids. Three. Like, we mm -hmm. see three, four. And it, it, it's crazy how they're asking for it. And it, is, it looks like they're, they're addicted. It right. is. Right. And that's one of the times that you really know there's a problem, when you have that severe a reaction to yeah. the removal of a device. When you have kids who are so dependent on it that they can't let it go, mm. whether or not it's a toddler at home or teenagers at the mall or people at the beach, Anytime you have somebody and it looks like the device or the phone is physically connected to them at all times, mm -hmm. that's a real indication that something is not right, something is out of balance. Mm -hmm. Go into this area some, you know, you speak about technology's influence on the way we communicate. Mm -hmm. So what, what does that mean, you know, the, the way we're communicating through technology versus the way we communicate face-to-face -face holistically? Sure. Absolutely. I mean, the way that God designed us is to be face to face. We're designed to be in relationship with one another. So the way that we communicate, when I send a message, when I speak, there are four different levels of that communication. The first is gonna be the, the verbal level, which is the words I'm saying, like the transcript of our conversation. But then after that, we also have tone of voice. So let's say uh, I go home and um, I tell my kids what's for dinner and they say, great, we love that. Mm -hmm. That's a very different meaning than if they say, great, we love that. Mm -hmm. Clearly what they're saying doesn't match what mm -hmm. they actually say. that saying. doesn't come through a text or That won't come through a text, mm -hmm. neither to facial expressions yeah, or right, body language, yeah. because the way that we interpret information is in reverse. Mm -hmm. We look first at body posture, then at facial expressions, then we listen to tone of voice, and then only then do we get to that text-based level. Mm -hmm. So if you strip all of that away, you can see how easy it is for people to start misunderstanding each other when they're only connecting on social media. Mm -hmm. What a breakdown. Mm -hmm. It's a huge breakdown. And, but not only that, but then uh, there's a generation coming up that doesn't know how to have a conversation There's and then a not only here. right and <laughs> mm -hmm. then they don't and then they get in workplaces and then they become doctors and nurses and lawyers and that become our people. I yep. mean, it's like, how did we get here? It's really, it's tragic to see, and I think we're going to see the impact of this for, for many years to come. Before the pandemic, there was a statistic that said that um, millennials reported, 30% of millennials reported having no or few close friendships. Mm -hmm. That was before the pandemic. After a year of the pandemic, that number climbed to 40%. 40% of a whole generation report having no significant relationships. I think that our, our nation, our society is looking at a, a crisis of loneliness, mm -hmm. a crisis of isolation. And if we don't understand how we fit in with other people, it's really difficult to understand meaning in our life, mm -hmm. who we are, and the idea of self-gift. Because if you don't see another person to give to, it's difficult to see yourself as having something worthy of giving. Mm -hmm. We were having a conversation in the green room and I was, we were speaking about the need to, to communicate mm -hmm. with our children, what a human person is, yeah. what human people do. We need to emulate that. We need to be doing that in our own household. And I likened it to the chastity mm -hmm. conversation, uh, the chastity talk, right? Um, because I find that those who can eloquently speak about chastity, the theology of the body, you just mentioned so quickly the gift of self-donation, giving yourself mm -hmm. to, it's so important to unpack that. Are we doing that? Um, but when the kids really get the chastity talk, truly being loved, 
instead of used, as John mm -hmm. Paul II said. Uh, the opposite, you know, of, of hatred, you know, well, the opposite of love. Isn't and, hate, it's usury. It's usury. Right. That kind of, and when they finally get it, these women in particular, you know, they're not gonna go with it, this falsehood, sure. I love you and you're beautiful and you're this and you're that and let's, you know, if you like me, let's prove it, let's, let's do it. So mm -hmm. God, um, they'll be repulsed by that, mm -hmm. hopefully, because they know what it means to be cherished, to be treasured, and, and cherishing right. themselves. I would never give myself away like that. That's a lie. You're li we're lying mm -hmm. to each other. Mm -hmm. But we really gotta be, you know, you have to see that and almost indoctrinated in it in a right. beautiful way. Can you speak to that? Because uh, I think it's the same thing with this area. You just can't venture out and be no, with I strangers totally and be with people, right. and they're offering you all this, this stuff or giving you their own philosophy and theology, you don't even know who, who they are. What we're missing is a true understanding of friendship. Mm -hmm. I think you guys have nailed it. This idea that we have to model first in our homes what healthy relationships look like, what authentic friendship looks like, so that when you are faced with something that is less than satisfying, these encounters online, I mean, we talk about the idea of friendship. Look at Facebook. What does Facebook call the people who subscribe to different profiles? Mm -hmm. Friends. Do I know these people? Mm -hmm. Have I had coffee with them? Mm -hmm. Have I hugged them, shaken their hands? Mm -hmm. Can I pull them out of a lineup? Mm -hmm. Probably not. Mm -hmm. And yet we call them friends. That's very confusing for our it's kids. An illusion. It is an mm -hmm. illusion. So we want to make sure that we are actually presenting people with what genuine friendship looks like. There's a sociologist named Sherry Turkle who's got a wonderful quote. And she says, technology is designed to create the illusion of companionship without the demands of friendship. Mm -hmm. Because yeah. friendship is hard work. Yes, we have relationships to, are. Relationships, are. <laughs> relationships are hard work. Mm -hmm. All of it requires effort and mm -hmm. love and a willingness to apologize mm -hmm. when we've done something wrong, to work through the difficulties as opposed to unfriending, unfollowing, mm -hmm. ghosting, mm -hmm. which is the norm among social media relationships mm -hmm. where mm -hmm. you have this lack of substance and a lack of consistency that causes a lot of anxiety in people who depend on it as their only source of actual human interaction, which is so lacking. And it so reinforces usury mm -hmm. in that, well, that is good for me, and then pss, I don't right. need you, and then, you know, it's like, I mean, I'm over with you. Well, I would never get to do that with my brothers and sisters sure. in my family life. I mean, and I would always tell my children, and now they tell their children, which is fun, they were having a fight, I'd work it out. Yep. And I'd shut the yep. door, and they had to work it out. They had to work out how to heal, how to mend, how to repair the relationship, mm -hmm. um, and, and get down and work that thing out. And now they are doing that with their kids, but now that we're not even having children, so yeah. it's not even happening in family life, right? right? So there is, there is no formation mm -hmm. happening for children. Mm -hmm. So they're being surrounded by adults and this is what adults are doing. Right, so kids are gonna model what they see. So if we are sitting there staring at the phone all the time, then we're sending the wrong message. One of the things that we really strive for in, in my family, no phones at the table. Mm -hmm. No phones at the table. The reason for that is because that's family time. We try to really hold that dear. And if I say, oh, well, this is work, this is different, this is a, a work email, they're not gonna look at that and assume that there's a difference there. All they're gonna see is the phone is more important to dad right now than talking to us. Mm -hmm. Doctor, we're gonna hold you over for the final segment. We're just beginning to crack open this whole area. It's so very, very important. It's the Tech Talk Strategies for Families in a Digital World at EW10RC.com. We'll be right back. Plenty more to come. Don't go away.
Welcome back. Having a great conversation with Dr. Horn here. Tech Talk Strategies for Families in a Digital World. Relationships. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about relationships, whether you want to relate to our own relationship with our children or the relationships or so-called relationships that are out there online, social media, relationships. Yeah, I think that if that's if there's one thing I could really hit, it's the importance of, of relationships and, and genuine encounters. We are living in a world that is moving at hyperspeed. Everything has to be quick and now and immediate, and the technology forces that as well. So it's not just be available when I call and pick up, and if you don't respond in five minutes, I'm going to think something horrible has happened to you. Or it's you know all my conversations need to be in text in these little microbursts on Twitter or X. But it's really the loss of genuine time. The fact that we want to be able to be intentional in our relationships because that ultimately is going to be the antidote to this loneliness that I think we're seeing. Mother Teresa talked about the poverty of, of the person, the, the, an interpersonal poverty that she saw in this country. I think that's gotten more true in the years since she has said that. We want to make sure that we're seeing the other person and not just seeing the world mediated through our phone. Mm -hmm. That we're actually taking the time to connect with people. And that's not to say that the technology or the websites or, or any of these things are bad, but they have to be balanced. If I'm spending an hour listening to a podcast, I can't simultaneously spend an hour talking to my wife. Mm -hmm. And God only gave us 24 hours in a day. There is mm -hmm. no operating system upgrade that's going <coughs> to change that. We're not mm -hmm. suddenly going to get more time. So we've got to be intentional with the time that we have and make sure that we are investing in the people around us because when we are able to see the face of Christ in other people and show the face of Christ to other people, that's when we are really called to holiness. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Is that a part of the tech talk that we should be giving? Helping our because you said that beautifully and mm -hmm. I could see a father saying that to his children. I mean, just actually explain it, what it means to be a human being. I think well, it, it needs to be in relationship with one I don't do this perfect, but no. I'm striving for it to be perfect in this with you. I think it has to be. And, and I love what you specifically said there, the idea of I, I'm not doing it perfectly. We don't have to do it perfectly. Mm -hmm. We have to do it sincerely. Mm -hmm. And we have to be willing to say, okay, you know, this is what I'm trying to do. We want to be intentional in what we say and what we're modeling. But I think at the heart of every important conversation has to be about what is God calling us to and what does our heart desire? So when you choose to be on TikTok for four hours, mm. what do you want? Mm. What do you really want? And I ask that question of many of my, my younger clients. What, it, what do you really want there? I, I want to feel loved. Okay. I want to be in a connection that really fills me and matters. Okay, that's beautiful. How does this behavior get you closer to that or farther away mm -hmm. from that? Because I think so many kids are looking online to fill that hole but it's the equivalent of turning down a steak and eating a bucket load of cotton candy instead mm -hmm. at its best. And at times with arsenic in there it. Might also, yeah, because right? you know, there are a lot yeah. of places that look good, mm -hmm. but ultimately are poison for our soul. Right. And, and you know, as parents, I mean, we are responsible mm -hmm. and it's work. Yeah. I mean, it is a lot of work. Even in marriage, it's work mm -hmm. to say, we're not going to do this. We're not going to watch TV. We're not going to, we're going to read together. We're going to talk together. We're going to, I mean, you're mm -hmm. working it out 46 years in and right. it, you're still working it out. Mm -hmm. um, and, and with families and relationships to, 
When Facebook came out, for me in my life, I would say, this is going to get 15 minutes of my life. Mm -hmm. End of story. And for me on Facebook, I'm hooking up with my nieces and nephews. Everybody lives in New Jersey. And that has been a good thing. Sure. Yeah. And it can't be anything more than that. Right. You know, yeah. and I wish right. everybody a happy birthday, anniversary. Mm -hmm. I'm in your life. We're connected. And that's sure. good. But and that's that, it. But it's that bridge. It's that bridge until you can see them again in person. It's a case right. of a relationship that is outside and pre-existing of the technology. So it's the technology being that steward of the, of the relationship, yeah. not the source of the relationship. Or a slave. Oh, exactly. Well, thank God we have tomorrow, because in the midst of of this media event, they're drawing us to a close. <laughs> so it's the Tech Talk. Go to EW10RC.com. Join us again uh, tomorrow to continue this important conversation. God bless you and God bless all of your loved ones. Keep it on EWTN. Bye now.